Hola. Hello. This call is being translated. Abuela, listen to what my phone can do. Abuela, escucha lo que mi teléfono puede hacer. Wow. Ahora dime sobre tu novia nueva. Wow. Now tell me about this new girlfriend. Huh? Tú sabes lo que dije. You know what I said. Language is no longer a barrier thanks to Live Translate with Galaxy AI on Samsung Galaxy S24 Ultra. Learn more at Samsung.com. Samsung account login required. Calls must be made using the native Samsung dialer. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one McCrispie, so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. A short review of the Glastonbury Festival 2023. Hopefully, the last one that only one of the gig pigs attends. <laughs> Is that any sort of noble promise? If you can't go next year, I won't go either? No. <laughs> There's a load-bearing, hopefully, at the beginning of your sentence. Yeah, well, in the last podcast we recorded together, I pledged that I would do my best man speech without notes. And <laughs> while I've thought about that a lot and felt quite emboldened by that <laughs> pledge, I don't think I want to have too much of my 2024 decision-making sewn up <laughs> by the confused preambles of 2023's pods. That being said, there's something inherently bit uncomfortable we've done a couple of pigs where only one of us has been there but this is the big one we had discussions about whether we'd be able to go together we festivaled together elsewhere and had lovely times lots of people came up to me to ask about gig pigs and whether there'd be a gig pigs about the festival and when i say lots either three or four look those are good numbers i'm very happy with that there was one point where someone came up and said i really like the podcast he said oh, which one? And they said, oh, the Steve Bruce episodes of Quickly Kevin. Right, and did you scream, I've got my own, mate. I've got my own. It's not 2017 anymore. <laughs> Very grateful for all pod-based recognition. But it is, I think, a delicate game sat here with my depleted serotonin and my palpably hoarse voice <laughs> wanging on about it because I think the first few days, and I'm aware of this having just uploaded my Glastonbury photo dumps <laughs> and seeing all the very amusing tweets from people about people's Glastonbury photo dumps. You are a much more emotionally healthy man than me. Have you given much of a shit about not being at Glastonbury over the last few days? <laughs> Have you resented each tweet and Instagram posts as they've come in? I think I've not been super engaged this year. Is that a healthy decision? Is it a lazy decision? I don't know. My confession would be I wasn't that psyched by the headliners this mm. year, which is sort of a, given the red button I play and having all the cameras at all the different stages, that shouldn't really affect. But I think, you know, last year was pretty interesting and cool slate of headliners. And I think it's not really tickling me hugely i know there's one that's very dear to my fiance's heart yes and not not dear to mine just to clarify the knots there she loves them you love them less but still lots yeah she loves them i like them and this is the arctic monkeys yes mari does not have a deep love of guns <laughs> and roses yeah, yeah. <laughs> i'm there being dragged to welcome to the jungle <laughs> resenting every moment while she goes ape shit wincing every time you see the gnr tat <laughs> <laughs> what's an elton john tat looking like well, i don't him. know i mean as was clear from walking around the festival particularly on the sunday i'd neglected to remember or think about what an icon he is in terms of his looks over the years and how much sort of iconography there is to lean into 
it was very much Elton Day on the Sunday, particularly the sort of baseball outfits. I can't really give you any more information than that. <laughs> and in a way that on the Friday for the Arctic Monkeys, you weren't seeing a lot of people sort of real creamed and leering in denial of their Yorkshire roots. Walking around in a big car. Walking around in in a big car. (laughs) (laughs) We'll get that photo of you on Instagram with you in the little car back near Reading after that pub lunch where you're sat and you waited 20 minutes. You waited about 20 minutes to do a practical joke on me and Mm. I... Not even really a practical joke. I hid in a clapped out car outside a pub (laughs) and watched you sort of basically give up on looking for me before having to sort of wave out of the car. (laughs) Bleak! Just start reading. (laughs) (laughs) No! Hate to watch in real time. Alex realise he prefers his own company. (laughs) Ooh, a little solitude. Don't mind if I do. (laughs) We're not going to cover the Arctic Monkeys too much now because I think we're going to do a dedicated episode which will also cover their recent UK stadium shows. And yes, the headliners of Arctic Monkeys, Guns N' Roses, Elton John, was... Well, I caught a bit of all of them, but our story begins, and one day I'll arrive on the Wednesday. But I arrived this year, Friday lunchtime, legged it straight to the other stage to watch the lightning seeds. And it doesn't scream Glastonbury essential, the lightning seeds on the other stage at 3pm. But when your first song of the whole festival just after you've met up with your friends is Three Lines. Okay. It's not a bad start. So where are they putting Three Lines in the set? Is it in the middle? Is it the end? They, no, is they the finish beginning? with Three Lines. They they open with Three Lines? No. The, the, humili- got, the humiliating open close. No. They, no. It's very disrespectful. Of course it is. They've got uh, <laughs> Describing a podcast as irreverent, brackets bad. <laughs> Be a bit more reverent on your comedy podcast. Well, Revere Lightning Seeds and their song The Life of Riley, okay, uh, yes, which fine. also is woven into the fabric of UK football culture because it was the soundtrack for Goal of the Month for so long. And that was second last. So that was as I approached my friends. Oh, no, and they played another a big song called Pure. We can't go through the Lightning Seeds <laughs> sets, but they finished strong. And that was what I caught. What I'm doing is I'm bringing up Clash Finder and I'm walking in Ivo Graham's shoes and I'm thinking, am I upset? You know, when you played Counter-Strike. Right. And then when you died, you'd have to be like a ghost following a person <laughs> who was still playing who hadn't been shot yet. Right. This is who I am for your Glastonbury. That I'm hovering. And am I screaming at the computer being like, why are you doing that? You'll scream more later. Okay. <laughs> okay. What you want to look out for, and I'm not talking as if I've got any real wisdom to give because I'm very lucky, this is my seventh Glastonbury, but I'm still making all sorts of mistakes. Old mistakes, new mistakes. Some lessons being a bit more incorporated, but many still to learn. I think one of the big ones is find, if you can find a good run on a stage, hold that run if possible. Right, right. And Friday was The Hives, The Lightning Seeds, Carly Rae Jepsen. But you didn't get to The Hives I didn't get to The Hives because my sister's boyfriend wanted to practice putting his tent up at home. Fine. <laughs> uh, you know, and, and, and to be fair, I was also a bit disorganized with a couple of things on Friday morning. One big stop at Morrison's later and the hives are off the table. Oh, yeah, that'd be gutting for me. Be of gut- course. Gutting. But we had had a superb gig pigs to the hives in a very course. intimate location a couple of weeks ago. So I was able to take that. Friends had seen the hives and said they're absolutely brilliant. One of the highlights of the weekend. So there we are. The lightning seeds play three lines. Carly Rae Jepsen is heaven. My friend Rose goes on my shoulders for Call Me Maybe. We're off to a very strong Great. start. But already, like, so I w- watched Carly Rae Jepsen with various comedy friends, Chris Skull of the Quickly Kevin podcast, which I would later 
checked association, which is sort of grabbing me for three you're lines. Not, you're not denying it three times to the Centurion, but you are saying to the Centurion, have you heard of my other work? And Chris is a big champion of gig pigs. He supports this Ford motion, but he also supports <laughs> just shouting three lines in my face and saying, look at us, look at us. Um, <laughs> Yeah, we get a nice comedy group, including Josh and Rose Widdicombe for Carly Rae Jepsen and one of my best friends, Lizzie, who I was at uni with. I bump into her as we walk past the lightning seeds, sweep her up for Carly Rae Jepsen along with her friends. But this is the first and last set I will enjoy with Lizzie over the weekend. And it's I'm carrying a lot of sadness that I didn't have more Glastonbury moments with people that I'd really looked forward to the festival with. And partly that's due to the nature of the festival and how quickly it flies by. And partly that's due to the fact that on the Friday night, I met up with my brother and some of our friends, some of the, his friends from university later on. We had had this epic confidence man moment last year, which we've talked about ever since, about how it was the thrill of the festival and how it had happened on the Friday afternoon and how we felt we were quids in for the rest of the weekend because if it didn't get any better than that, it didn't matter. <laughs> I was ready for there not to be anything quite as good as that this year, but we had that with young fathers on the Friday night oh, who right. we've discussed on this pod and are keen to see together. Absolutely just completely wild and we had issued one of the most relentless talking points of the weekend which was fred again everybody was talking about bloody fred again who is of course a privately educated pioneer um in that in, <laughs> in the sort of electronic sphere but talk of his sets and his secret sets and his guest spots it was all over the weekend and actually Swimming against the Fred again tide was actually quite an efficient way to do your Glastonbury. Young fathers were sublime on the Friday night. We'd also watched amazing, very soulful Gabriels before that on the West Holt stage. Two amazing live acts. Gabriels then came out on the Sunday night as one of Elton John's guests. And I had the smugness of being able to say, I saw him on Friday. And then we watched the Arctic Monkeys who divided people. I think the Guardian headline three was from three from Petridis and the Guardian headline was, was it a set of two halves, I think? Yeah, I'm not even sure it was a set of two halves. I think it was a set that sort of threatened consistently to ignite, but didn't. Uh, <laughs> the I, Mitchell and Webb sketch, sometimes fires go out of their own accord. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there were a lot of different takes. And of course, I sung along and was word perfect for more of that two hours than any other bit of my weekend by distance. But I think it's potential for perfection and it's falling short into merely quite good that was much more painful than a band you only expected to quite like exceeding expectations, mm. which can feel like a real festival moment. And people around us were being very rude about the new stuff and then I was trying to shout them down. But I knew that they weren't completely wrong. <laughs> Which, I mean, were you just doing mental calculations about what, oh, yeah, yeah, what yeah. favourite worst nightmare song could be here? That's exactly what... At one point, I turned to Josh and I said, I think Do Me A Favour is gone now. <laughs> uh, <laughs> which, you know, it's hard. I'm accepting Do Me A Favour. is You're not seeing it anymore. But yeah, I still think it's right up there with their best and most filmic songs. At one point, my friends Paul and Stu started talking about Alexis McAllister's recent transfer to Liverpool, and I said, not now. <laughs> but they're not doing that in... They're Brian, not doing Brian that during Midsummer Rubble. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So a little bit frustrating that the act of Friday was Young Fathers. But to be honest, seeing Young Fathers, Gabriel's, Arctic Monkeys, call me maybe in three lines, not a bad Friday. Yeah, a lovely Friday. Then... 
fantastic night in the southeast corner with a big group lots and lots and lots of thudding 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 techno the stone circle 6 a.m we posh until eight the sun comes up till eight people come round, starting to clear away like some rubbish that's harder to ride out as a vibe of course it's a hard vibe to power through i'll say that i think i'm in a bad moment in my life where i'm never up at eight i'm never like i've partied so hard that i'm up at eight nor am i like i'm a productive member of society i'm up at eight i'm I'm always not up at eight neither too cool nor too productive to be up at eight well that's (laughs) very doubly modest of you yeah it'd be pretty churlish of me to go well, I do both. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm Raven. I'm doing the drop-off. <laughs> well, I was quite... Yeah, well, and of course, nursery will demand a certain level of punctuality. Up to a point, I'm a bit nervous about the school drop-offs from September because they've been emphatic about the need for punctuality. But that's a separate issue for a separate part of my life. Parenting was on the agenda for Saturday morning because at midday, I was doing Josh and Rob's Parenting Hell live, not recorded for broadcast, and I really lent into that because... I'd expressed some concerns about my suitability to do the parenting live podcast because at lunchtime on the Saturday, there were lots of other parent comedians on the site. I've already done the podcast. There are some aspects of my parenting life that are more festival ready than others. But we basically just talked about Glastonbury and that was great news. However, (laughs) the Friday night I had had fun, but I'd been in control. However, at some point my phone had been trodden on and I don't think it was by me, but it was one of those ones where suddenly I looked at it. I was like, how has that happened? And I think I literally, I had it in my bag, my small Keshwa bag, and I sort of maybe dropped it on the floor deliberately to sort of, to, to have a hand free, to light a cigarette or whatever at about four o'clock in the morning. But I do not know how it happened. And there was no blackout period of my Friday night where it's like, could have been any of the time then. I talked to a lot of people about this and there was a general sense of consent, a sympathetic, slightly forced upon them consent perhaps that I had been unlucky to get a phone as damaged as that without a specific instant (laughs) to sort of point towards it. And what it meant... All of the drama, none of the narrative. Yeah, all the drama, none of the... And here I am trying to spin some sort of narrative out of it. (laughs) Yeah, can we have some narrative, please? Yeah, yeah. Well, this this is the thing. It's not a sympathetic narrative. There's no world in which it's like, I went to Glastonbury, I stayed up until eight o'clock in the morning, but also in a complete coincidence despite being very responsible <laughs> my phone is broken yeah, yeah. it's like no 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 we, we have to see the second story as part of the i imagine story. i was briefly mugged and yeah, i can't yeah, yeah yeah exactly i was mugged they didn't like the phone they stamped on it then gave it back to me and then i forgot all of those things happening yeah, 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 i think yeah. that's what's probably happened here so i texted you a couple of times on the friday by the saturday i saw as i was going to bed that i had a thin black line down the side of my phone and that basically grew over the course of saturday sort of obscuring more and more of the phone like the line became a bar and by the end of the day the whole phone screen was obscured you could still oh, wow. like when you've got a detached retina and then the like black, when you've got a detached the black retina. space becomes larger and larger across your field of vision if it hits the center you might lose vision forever or something less stressful as an analogy. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I struggle having got back to London and had my phone fixed almost immediately to compare it to the very serious issue of damaged retinas. Yes. Although, to be fair, I went to one of those repair shops where there are more vapes than phones in the shop. <laughs> and 
they did the job very quickly. They asked if I could pay in cash and my face ID isn't working anymore. And the phone hisses when I receive a call. So it's... I'm still bearing some of the scars. Like That's so funny. You know how like younger millennials and Gen Z are like scared of doing phone calls and prefer text. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. you now have like I a literal hissing noise when the phone like, starts ringing. I saw the face ID thing while I was still in the shop and I'd paid and I was like, maybe no face ID till my next upgrade. Fine. But then I took a call that evening. I was like, ah, that's unfortunate. I also think it's quite funny that you had your phone coffin that you put your phone in it's about 40 pounds ivo has this box and then it's in phone jail for a set period of time so he can't twiddle with it and you know you all this time you could have just stamped on it you could just you could have just stamped on it having a boogie i think that's tough to invoke the phone jail in such a delicate moment <laughs> as this do you think your phone is less attractive now do you think it doesn't need to be injured could it be on sort of day release more often rather than phone jail no no no. i've jailed it a couple of times since glastonbury we're back in business uh <laughs> yes the face id thing wasn't what was addicting you to your phone <laughs> the ability to have your face right you do miss it though you do you, you, you know uh, uh typing in my passcode does feel a bit of a chore <laughs> but it was not as much of a chore as just watching the amount of my phone I could see at Glastonbury disappear to a sliver over the course of Saturday, where like at first I couldn't see the whole of the texts as they came in, but I could still just about get what they were saying and I could reply to them. Then you were asking friends when they text, could you just do some Ipsum lorem for the beginning and end of your line of each text so that I can just see the middle word down the middle of the screen on each line? The far left, that's what the I need to see. You keep all business to the far left of the right. text. Like they are... World War One era telegram operators going, hi, stop, Ivo, ah, uh, stop, you having stop, a good stop, Glastonbury stop. I mean, but then it would have been quite good to get news in telegram form. I mean, I started sending voice recorded texts, okay. the ones where you press voice recognition and uh-huh. you dictate it into the phone. Uh-huh. There was one quite awkward where I did that while my friends Lily and Holly were laughing at my predicament. And I sent my sister a message, which was just, ha, 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 what are you seeing this afternoon? <laughs> like you're some kind of clash finding the Joker. I was a clash finding the Joker on Saturday, and but far preferable to my position on Sunday of the Dark Knight, brackets, <laughs> a black <laughs> screen. <laughs> I, I, I operate purely in darkness. And I mean, in some ways it clarified decision making because you really did have to stick with the people you were with and you couldn't run across the festival site to go and see someone on the off chance. And, you know, that was quite good. And I got to see a lot of siblings, you know, and my sister's boyfriend, Ari, and my brother's girlfriend, Julia. And that was the crew. We were very excited to hang out at the festival. And I got some great moments with various groups of people. But you go to Glastonbury thinking, I know about 20 people going to Glastonbury and I'm going to have at least one moment with all of them. Yeah, yeah. And I'm on maybe next year for like the third year in a row with a couple of people where it's like, it's really hard. And it is FOMO hell, Glastonbury. (laughs) I mean, I didn't feel too much of that on the Saturday. On the Saturday, I had almost no sleep in an unbelievably hot tent. I arrived back at the campsite at 8.30. Josh and Rose Whittacombe were camped next to us and were already up. They loved seeing me getting in and me sort of saying sheepishly, see you for the podcast in three hours and then trying to get into my tent and then lying awake in my tent as I heard them talking to lots of people about how I'd just got in and I hadn't even blown up my mattress and it was bleak. And at one point I leant out of my tent and said, this is a human life you're talking about. (laughs) 
but the pod with Josh and Rob actually was really fun. I loved talking about my sort of Friday night and our sort of history. Mine and Josh's of going to the festival together. And I think I still just had enough adrenaline that like, I can't believe I've had such a big night and I'm on and I'm doing this gig and it's okay. And they talked it up. They said our next guest got in at 8.30 this morning. That made me feel cool. <laughs> like I got to embrace it. I'd been given license by the boys. And then Saturday afternoon was so hot and we spent almost all of it. Uh, we saw a little bit of Sudan Archives, yes. who was great. And then we went across the festival site to see Blossoms and Rick Astley doing covers of The Smiths. Great. The kind of Glastonbury moment, which sounds like it's been three different balls pulled out of a bag. <laughs> and yet, everyone who was there said it was just epic. Rick Astley's set on the pyramid early that day had been one of the talking points of the festival his gratitude to be there, his extended never going to give you up, his cover of ACDC's Highway to Hell with himself on the drums. Great. Rick Astley, second maybe to Elton John, of course, but Rick Astley was the man of the weekend. However, despite the fact that we dedicated our afternoon to sort of going to watch us and meet up with our friends, we then sat outside the tent. It was the former John Peel tent, now the Woodsies. Not a good new name for a tent. I understand why these changes have to be made, but you've got to have a better name in reserve than Woodsies. Yeah, yeah. But we were literally there and then we didn't go in in time and then the tent was too full to get in and we said, oh, should we just bin this off and get a good spot for Lizzo? And it was like, okay, we had so much fun time as a group and obviously Glastonbury is just about being hopefully in the sunshine with your friends, but... You could have seen Maggie Rogers yeah, Maggie on the other Rogers, stage. Maggie Rogers you could with have my seen... friend Tom is the thing that I most wish. Tom and I didn't see enough of each other this weekend. I love Maggie Rogers. I've watched a fair bit of that back and it looks epic. And it was doable. It was. was <laughs> and then you got right a little bit now. of Manic Street Preachers afterwards, although it started to get into the Lizzo danger zone. In Getting into of... the Lizzo danger zone. Have I seen Manic Street Preachers enough times, most of them with you? Potentially. <laughs> but yeah, Maggie Rogers, I would recommend that, even if you don't have as much regret to work through as I do. Maggie Rogers was absolutely stunning. And also, you didn't. I, I didn't call you up on you not watching churches on Friday, but maybe that was never going to no, happen. No, but that was, it was churches against young fathers, I think. Yeah, fair enough. I can live with that. And then Saturday, we watched Lizzo and a bit of Guns N' Roses, who were not... I mean, we were right at the back, but it was hard to <laughs> really get why anyone could care that much about Guns N' Roses, you know. But then my mind was elsewhere. I think I'd started to feel very tired from my Friday exertions and started to feel a bit nervous about my set. And my So when was your set? 11.40 on Saturday night. Uh-huh. So did you catch any of Lana? Yes. So I, my phone had died... I was starting to lean on other people quite heavily to make calls and texts for me. I managed to meet my sister and her boyfriend by a burger van by Lana with the plan that we could watch half an hour of Lana together before I went on to do my set. Lana was then half an hour late. She came on and apparently said, I'm sorry, my hair just takes so long. <laughs> Maybe this is in the great diva tradition, but pretty frustrating, particularly if that was only going to be, you know, I think half she hour. banked what she thought is she thought I'm going to be half an hour late but I'm up against Guns N' Roses, who are obviously going to be like an hour late. And yep. actually, they're kind of balding professionalism. Crazy punctual from Guns N' Roses. Yeah, Lana is really, she's lost the sort of golden balls of punctuality there. <laughs> and 
I think some people said it was pretty magical when she came on, but then she was cut short by about seven songs. Oh, I looked on Setless FM. I should get into Lana Del Rey more than I do, but I am sort of obsessed with the song, the National Anthem, or National Anthem, and that was in the list of songs. At the bottom of Setless FM, it just has like a small little note being like, Lana's set was cut short, and the set list had these five songs, and it was like her closing run of songs, which included that, and I would have been... I'd been pretty pissed. Wasn't that like her first UK gig for like four or five years? Yeah. You shouldn't arrive half an hour late, even if your hair's looking banging. You're bang on there, right? Is that the headliner you'd have watched on the Saturday night, do you think? Uh, you know, there's Christine and the Queens, although uh, a friend of mine said that they were a bit disappointed by them. Interesting. At Primavera, they weren't playing maybe the hits and maybe it was sort of quite new album based. I think probably I'm doing a, a grab bag between a few different acts, catching 20 minutes of a few different acts. I mean, I technically did a grab bag in that I watched a bit of Guns N' Roses, stood waiting for Lana Del Rey for half an hour, <laughs> and then walked past Loyal Karna en route to the comedy stage and was getting nervous about being late, so basically broke it into a jog. So caught about a minute of Loyal. <laughs> but everyone said Loyal Karna was brilliant and moving and sort of like he talks to the crowd, he talks about his family and his gratitude and his life. Like People were very moved by Loyal Karna. I think that may have been the best headline set on the Saturday. Mm. I think Fatboy Slim was an option as well. Yes. Not to say that I'm even in contention for best <laughs> 11.30 slot on the Saturday night. I really enjoyed my set and was very grateful to everyone who came out, particularly because it's a, it's in the corner of the festival. It's a bit of a walk, the cabaret. Right. I was a bit hoarse. It was when my voice started to go. Ah. So obviously I did my set and then to maximise the chances of really enjoying the Sunday and getting the most out of it, I went to bed almost immediately. No, I didn't stay yeah. up till eight again. It's not good. <laughs> it's not good. On the Sunday, I was woken by my sister at two. My friend Lily had left an iron brew for me in my tent as a gift based on a conversation we'd had the previous day. Very nice of her. But, you know, when you find out that someone has seen you sleeping and you just think, how bad did I look? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'd rather know Iron Brew. Thank you for your no your incredibly thoughtful violation of my privacy. <laughs> yeah, oh well, no, no, I'm not accusing it of being a violation. It would have been absolute drool town with a not no risk of wardrobe malfunction. Um, so we <laughs> we can but hope. And then Sunday, Sunday's a good old lineup. I mean, Sunday there was some really really great stuff in the day. Although actually, I spent most of it watching DJs because I was with my sister and her boyfriend and we went to watch hey it's a huge I'm just looking I'm looking at the like there's about three different stages if you were like haha you can't leave this stage for the whole day I'm like great fine I'm happy to set this stage for the whole day and there's three of them are any of them silver haze no (laughs) right like pyramids for me pyramids obviously got some good stuff on it but like yeah the other stage and woodsies and sort of the park stage if I'm like imprisoned in any of those so, are you missing Blondie? Yep. Oh, fuck that. Are you missing The War on Drugs? Yep. Are you missing Queens of Stone Age? Yep. Are you missing Japanese Breakfast? Yep. Are you missing... I'm, I'm going to guess it's going to be yes. Are you missing The Big Moon? Yep. Are you missing Slow Dive? Yep. Are you missing Editors? Yep. Are you missing Caroline Polachek? Yep. Are you missing Phoenix? Yep. Okay. Are uh, you missing Alison Goldfrapp? you missing pioneering sh- Japanese electro DJ C. Chitarada? No. Okay. I'm there for every minute of it. <laughs> okay. I'm there. I'm watching. I feel like I've had to have said a lot of names before the no is basically what you're saying there. I'm watching my friend Tyler at the levels. That's fantastic. I'm having some really superb Tibetan Momo. 
<laughs> it was a really great Sunday, but I have let oh you down there. God. To be fair, a few of those I couldn't have seen because of Elton. Elton was, because most people go, and I saw a little bit of Cat Stevens, the Sunday afternoon headliner, and most people leave the Sunday headliner or leave after the Sunday afternoon legend slot because... To get back it's to It's a good London. way, it's a good time to get out. And sometimes the Sunday headline. And who's the Sunday afternoon of... legend slot? Is it Blondie or is it no, Cat no, Stevens? It was Cat Stevens, although obviously Blondie are very much ticking that box as well. And I would love to have seen Blondie. But Cat Stevens was gorgeous and very relaxing and very Glastonbury. But Elton was such a colossal. I imagine some stats will come out about comparative to other pyramid stage crowds, but... My brother and sister went to see Phoenix and we talked about them on the podcast, one of my favourite bands in the world. I would have loved to have seen them with my siblings on the last night. But the Woodsies, which you often can't even get into and which you couldn't get anywhere near for Rick Ashley and Blossoms doing the Smiths, they had so much room. And Phoenix were very sort of charming about it and said, we're chuffed that you've chosen us. But I think Queens of the Stone Age, because they're such rock legends, I think they 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 pulled a pretty good crowd. But there was a sort of Elton effect in the same way that Young Fathers, we looked around and went, can't normally get this close to West Holt. It's just the Fred again effect. You feel it a little bit. And so Elton, I got there to join our group about halfway through Little Nas X, who I didn't know much about, but was fantastic. But mainly it was just about getting to the group Mm. and getting a position. And to be honest, Elton John, everything that Paul McCartney wasn't last year in terms of... Unapologetically delivering the hits or... Yeah, and sort of loud and sort of... (laughs) That's such a funny thing to say. <laughs> Imagine if that's how music reviewers yeah, went no. in with them. It was loud, five stars. Yeah, no, there was a bit more going on than that. But I'm I'm not qualified to give, you know, the most articulate review of Velton because, I mean, obviously I was, I was very clear-headed for it. We were leaving on Sunday night, so I drove back to Wiltshire afterwards. It was more that we had a good position. We had a great guy and there was so much excitement for him. But I didn't really know until listening up until a couple of weeks before the festival how many Elton John songs I knew. I Certainly not as many as the Beatles songs I knew. But we weren't getting new stuff. And also an Elton John song you don't know. I find it's so much more engaging. Piano leaps and rings out over the mm. field. The band was so... They were like Springsteen's band. They were sort of old dudes smiling and like absolutely... I mean, I don't know. That's incredibly insulting to suggest that Paul McCartney's band weren't old dudes smiling. (laughs) My critical faculties have gone to pieces. But it's like, it all felt very, very big and show. And the guests were slightly lessened by the fact that the rumours had put Harry Styles and Eminem and Dua Lipa in everyone's minds. And instead we've got Gabriel's and Rina Sawayama and Brandon Flowers, but pretty great. Brandon Flowers looking 29, as usual. And (laughs) all of them talking about how much they loved Elton and Elton talking about how grateful he was. And it was probably the best Glastonbury headline set I've ever seen. Wow. And Elton doesn't need that high praise from me, but within the context (laughs) of having gone for a few years, it's some praise. So no regrets about you. Basically, a a, a Uh, Sunday Sunday will well-lived. Glastonbury, by my own standards, I would say. That's a lovely thing to be able to say. Thank you for letting me come and rant you about it. I mean, you've made a good case for it, but I'm still saying... You're pretty annoyed with me. I'm still saying that looking at some of the runs, looking at that Woodsy's run of Slow Dive editors, Caroline Polachek, Phoenix, if you're talking about, like, isn't it good to not leave a stage for a bit? Although I suppose that means I'm missing Blondie. But Slow Dive have been on my list. I keep missing Slow Dive. I'd love to, yeah. But I would have done that. And also War on Drugs, then Queens of the Stone Age. 
bit of fun. Very different vibes. I would have loved to watch War on Drugs, but as I say, no regrets about anything that led me to Elton on the Sunday. That's fair. I would love to do Glastonbury with you, and we will plan it properly. We will pig it properly. (laughs) You will help me stave off the regret, and we will get a few more points on the board, because I haven't consumed as much as I could have done music-wise, but there were some epic highs in there, and it was a glorious weekend. Absolutely, and we'll bring you a sort of burner phone, but not for drugs, but just for when you smash your main phone. (laughs) (laughs) This is Ivo's clumsiness Nokia 3310. (laughs) Thank you, Alex. Hola. Hello, this call is being translated. Abuela, listen to what my phone can do. Abuela, escucha lo que mi teléfono puede hacer. Wow, ahora dime sobre tu novia nueva. Wow. Now tell me about this new girlfriend. Huh? Tú sabes lo que dije. You know what I said. Language is no longer a barrier thanks to Live Translate with Galaxy AI on Samsung Galaxy S24 Ultra. Learn more at Samsung.com. Samsung account login required. Calls must be made using the native Samsung dialer. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Free samples, free shipping, and our 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step and into your home too. Shop Blinds.com now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off at Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Life is a highway. And on it, there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. So go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. As a bonus uh, to what I listened back to and, well, you know, full of Glastonbury trivia uh, and a sense that I was there and some lovely uh, and quite patient contributions from you. <laughs> it's something of a rant. Uh, my Glastonbury review. It's uh, it's quite it's quite a monologue. Did you enjoy my Glastonbury review last week? <laughs> it was it was fun to hang out with you as ever. <laughs> Superb <laughs> evasion, just great. Um, um, no, I, but it was uh, you know I, I we, we, it starts with me asking what you feel about Glastonbury photo dumps. Um, I think the as well as obviously being you know uh, hoarse and depleted, um, a sort of state that I've now returned to annoyingly because I recovered from Glastonbury and then went to a superb stag do. But I um, <laughs> I'm living for the weekend. I'm, I'm, it's it's the hard fight dream, and and a stag do must be quite a fun event for Ivo Graham because it's such a small unit of people all doing the same activity throughout the weekend Cricket. that there there's no possible the regret is impossible. There's no there's no True. simultaneous dual activity within the stag. Whereas you know a festival with thirty stages will have many Glastonbury. Houses. Yeah, and we went to a nightclub which had two rooms. <laughs> yeah, so I obviously did did my best to get myself upset about that. Running back and forth furiously between each rooms like you're in some kind of um, fast situation in a sitcom. Um, which sitcom? Uh, fr- friends. I think Friends has a lot of those. <laughs> dating dating someone in both rooms? It's usually dating someone in two different restaurants. Yeah. Classic stuff. Um, yeah, you're right. A stag to is, is, is it's, it's FOMO-free. Whereas Glastonbury is obviously a nightmare. I thought to diversify this a little bit at the end, I would text some other people and some friends of gig pigs, some of whom I was at Glastonbury with for a chunk of it, uh, some of whom I intended to see but didn't, about, uh, and one of whom, Rajiv, 
I bumped into on the sort of the railway line, the, the main sort of uh, path, the central nervous system, the spine of the of the festival. People just walk up and down it at night, chasing a dream. And uh, and I bumped into Rajiv on it, and uh, we made plans to see each other later in the weekend. But I did say my phone is is um, a source of trouble, and I did not see him. And he, uh, I did, when I texted him about it, uh, he said. The railway line is the track of empty promises. <laughs> uh, Rajiv said that Young Fathers were his set of the weekend, industrial, punky, and soulful. And I also asked regret of the weekend, because obviously that's how I live my life. <laughs> um, and his was, and I think this is interesting to anyone who's listened to the lovely Rajiv episode and him talking about last year's Glastonbury, where he had a lot of very merry solo ventures. He said that poor single meant he tried to go Glasto analog, wander till you find people you know, but this was less successful than previous years. I, I, if I could do it again, I might have sacrificed a few off-track performances and instead remained within the group. <gasps> oh. And that's, you know, as someone who was almost intimidated by his, like, Kerouac existence uh, <laughs> uh, last year, there's something sort of quite reassuring to note, even, even a brilliantly passionate and intrepid festival adventurer like Rajiv. He's capable of regret about not having been more of a, a sheep, essentially. <laughs> having said this about uh, the last bit being a bit of a rant, it, we're now in just Ivo Reed's text off his phone. <laughs> <laughs> How do we feel about that as a, as a dialogue? It's, you know, um, if you play t tennis against a wall, the wall's still doing something, <laughs> but not as much as, say, another tennis player, but uh, no, no. <laughs> the wall is still doing something. <laughs> um, well, look, before we continue on with that, I'll pick you up on something that you tweeted uh, yesterday. So you had such a, like, no guilt, no hashtag no regrets thing about Elton John. Mm. You were like, best Glassmere headliner set I've seen, yes. delighted. <laughs> But then you were you've you've watched a bit of War on Drugs. And no, I mean I've thinking. I've been lucky to see the War on Drugs um, three times. I'm sure I'll see them again. I don't think they're going to stop playing Under the Pressure, even though they you know every album brings new bangers to the set list. It's just it's a beautifully filmed performance of you know the the most cathartic um, I think uh, War on Drugs song being performed as the sun goes down. And it's, you know, the, the, the BBC, like them all, loathe them, do a great job <laughs> of uh, bringing Glastonbury to your screens. And, and it's, it's, it's sumptuous. And as we discussed with, as we discussed with Sean, Sean was the first person to mention this timetable clash to me. He said, war on drugs into Queens of the Stone Age would be ahead of a Sunday night mm. for anyone who didn't want to watch Elton John or indeed Phoenix. So war on drugs, it would have been possible, but I wouldn't have made it to the group. I'd have had to have been, I was only able to make it to the group that I watched Elton with because I'd got there during Lil Nas X, who was fantastic in and of themselves, but it was also absolutely crucial. Uh, the war on drugs would have meant I would, I think I would have had to transgress. I would have had to um, sort of been a... Burrow, bu in a way that you don't want to burrow. Yeah, I, I, You're I, not, whole, there aren't enough pints in Christendom to hold a loft above your head in a I'm trying to return to the group thing that would have parted the Red Sea in front of you. Um, Josh Widdicombe, a man, you know, clearly still very much playing hypothetical in his head, uh, regardless <laughs> of what Dave think, said, do you reckon you could make it to the front for a million quid? Uh, if, if like when we were like probably not that far from the front of Elton John, but it did feel like it was a classic like, okay, but what would you do? You know, is, sure. it, is it just apologising? But, but surely... Just to just to be a really the sort of anal answer on that gets you maybe points but no fun on hypothetical would be you're burrowing for a bit you're using grace you're using charm you're using sneaky tactics and then when you say 
a hundred from the front, it's a grand for each person <laughs> that, that, that will move for you, and you're banking nine hundred grand. Amazing. <laughs> Bribery will get you through the final one hundred. Amazing that when we got to the final, the final bit, you, you went for share the profits and buy people's forgiveness. Whereas I went to just take all your clothes off. Obviously, genuinely, <laughs> <laughs> like I said to Josh, I said I would, I would apologise. Uh, I, I would occasionally lie and say something about um, uh, Ooh, you know, a family member or a friend great. in trouble. Okay, uh, but yeah, I, it was very much like and then and then nude for the finish <laughs> I, love, I love a good live like i've taken too much so i need to i need to get out of this crowd quickly and you're like at the back and you're like i just think the quickest i just think there are medics at the front i think there are medics at the barrier so i will have to burrow i think that elton's got better doctors <laughs> <laughs> elton's thrown some absolutely fantastic he's flown some absolutely fantastic doctors in on this helicopter with him um of uh, Phil Wang, Josh Widdicombe, Maisie Adam, and Jamali Maddox. How many of them nominated Rick Astley and Blossoms playing the Smiths as their highlight of the weekend? So that's Phil Wang, that's Josh, that's Maisie, that's Jamali. Yes. Two. You're correct, and which two? I'm going to go with Maisie. You're correct. And I'm going to go with Josh. You're correct, and I think those were, those were those were good bets and safe bets, but nonetheless very good. Maisie set of the weekend blossoms and Rick Astley doing the Smiths, and actually she says regret to the weekend logistically going for a wee in between Lil Nas X and Elton John pissed off a lot of Elton fans coming back in, mm. um, but regret to the weekend also pitching our tent uh, next to someone who had the loudest sex all weekend. <laughs> quite funny. I know who that person is. <laughs> so it's a, a little true. And obviously, if you subscribe to the Patreon, there will be an extra episode where Ivo just doxes some loud shaggers. <laughs> Can you dox a tent? Can you dox a tent? <laughs> um, it's it, what they talk about on B-Tech philosophy, right? <laughs> These sort of philosophical questions. Uh, Josh's um, regret was that he didn't see Lana Del Rey because it sounds like a fascinating shambles, essentially. About half an hour late, um, blaming her hair, uh, and then cut off by the curfew uh, with a very short but incredible performance in between. You know, that that's high drama. Mm. Um, so, uh, so, so, so a sort of non-sexual uh, intercourse-based regret there. <laughs> and uh, Wang says, set of the weekend, CMAT. CMAT. C-M-A-T. Yeah. I've, I've let myself down there. It's not a ringing endorsement from me because I don't even know how to say it. Oh, I don't. But I, I think Alison Spittle has been raving to me about them. But by via text. Yes. Right. Yeah, yeah. So it's not you to see. So I don't. I, look, you, I don't. No, but what I mean is you, you don't. You've, you've not heard her say it. So you don't know how it's said. Well, yes. Precisely. Uh, Phil regrets missing the Chemical Brothers again at the Big Spider because he was, quite simply, scared of the Big Spider. <laughs> Um, We're going to bring this episode to a close by checking how to say CMAT. Yeah? Do you want me to do that? Uh, no. I think if people um, know, they know. And if people care, they'll look. And if people don't, uh, then it's fine. And I think we'll probably just apologise on a future episode to Phil and to CMAT. And to the Glastonbury Festival, which I don't feel I've sort of, you know, it's, it's, I've, I've brought it home a bit more by sort of by committee there. Um, but I... Uh, um, I, I wasn't able to get texts from everyone I asked. I think that's a really good hypothetical question from Josh, and I'd really love some the audience to email us at gigpigspodcast at gmail.com with both their hypothetical strategies for powering through to the front of a an, an elite crowd for an elite act, mm. uh, <laughs> and and indeed any actual indeed, techniques. You know, a non-elite crowd for an elite act. Well, I think, but I think the pressure, I think the kind of person per square foot. Oh, yeah. 
thing is more significant an elite act that people are very keen for. They did an announcement just for Elton, which I've not, you know, I don't want to be like, I've not heard before any of the many pyramid headlines, but I, I, I haven't recalled this where they said it's standing room, like, like someone sort of shouting down a tube carriage, it's standing room only if you've got essentially, even if you're really far back and you've got like a picnic or chairs, stand up if you can. That felt dramatic. I mean, we were well in the sort of standing room only bit by this point, but the crush went back. So if you could get through that, and we're not saying you should because it is, and also Josh made another good point, which is that the last thing you want is people standing next to you. They always, they almost always let you through with however much harumphing, because the alternative is that if you, as we kept shouting at each other, like uh, sort of block, block the gangway, cut them off. All you've done then and is people yeah. stopping right now. Oh, what what a win! We've got angry people behind us. <laughs> <laughs> nailed uh, it <laughs> n- n- nailed it so actually it might not be the hardest one million pounds you'll have a you'll have a chase but your your tactic seems like it it would be to be bad but not illegal vibes plead lie strip <laughs> 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 which is that that Licky Lee song sex money feelings I plead lie lie strip so yes your own answers uh, and uh, Glastonbury memories uh, very much welcome to gigpigspodcast at gmail.com Alex sorry that you've been the wall I hope next year to be oh we'll do this for great when I go to Green Man um, in August maybe I'll do a, a we'll do an episode where I, I tell you every detail of Green Man I haven't told you every detail no no uh, it's been it just both- feels like no no <laughs> Thank you very much. Goodbye. Bye.